physicians and nurses and stuff are saying, okay, cool. Like that guy is currently bleeding out, mm. right? So we should see him right away. That guy has just got a deep cut on his arm, right? Like it's probably way easier to stitch up a small cut on someone's finger than it is to like stop someone's like artery from just bleeding out all over the place. Sorry for this horrible imagery, by the way. It's everyone. terrifying imagery, but like but it's, it's probably effective. easier. I mean, you're, you're right. It's terrifying imagery, but it does make a lot of sense that like if the medical professionals like mentality was. So we're talking about bagpipe performance triage today. I hear triage and I immediately think like the ER, Grey's Anatomy, massive traumatic event. Yeah. Which does sound like a reasonable description of several of my own performances. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Way too many bagpipe, bagpipe performances yeah. to think of that have that sort of horrifying imagery associated. Yeah. Triage is essentially what I use when I'm evaluating a student's performance. And then I got to thinking about it and I was like, I guess the bottom line is that's basically what I use with my own performance criticism as well. Mm. And so like do the basic concept behind triage. Should we Google this? So here's a definition. The preliminary assessment of patients or casualties in order to determine the urgency of their need for treatment and the nature of treatment required. Mm. That's triage. So like, let's say you got a bunch of people in the emergency room. Okay. I think generally what's going on is the physicians and nurses and stuff are saying, okay, cool. Like that guy is currently bleeding out. Mm. Right. So we should see him right away. That guy has just got a deep cut on his arm. Right. So I know now which order I should tend the patients mm -hmm. using like the triage concept. It's like, this guy's going to die if we don't see him urgently it, it, right now. Mm. And then that guy's not. So this is the way we're going to do it. By the way, this is how I got this nasty scar on my finger. Uh, I was in an emergency room and I, I waited for like eight hours because it just happened to be like a lot of other patients there that needed more urgent care than me. So like that just sat there for so long that it was mm -hmm. basically, I'm definitely going to get a nasty scar. Yeah. I think that's all triage. Okay. Now triage is that, that exact same thing. It occurred to me is what happens when you critique a piping performance. Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to take levels of urgency, mm. starting with the most urgent, okay? And then you're going to cycle through and you're going to listen for any type of problem with your performance that meets that level of urgency first. Mm -hmm. So the equivalent of, am I hearing anything that's like basically literally killing this performance, mm. right? So let's listen for that first. So, so then you'll listen through Okay. And I'll get more specific here in a second. You'll listen through for things that might be killing the performance. Okay. And then if there are things that are killing the performance, that is the thing you would want to address first, mm -hmm. right? When it comes to improving that performance. For example, my drones are radically out of tune. Yeah. Cool. So if that's the case, if your drones are radically out, okay, now's not the time to worry about the fact that you missed three E doublings, mm -hmm. right? One thing is a performance killer, and the other thing is something that would be nice to refine a performance. So we want to prioritize the drones. Ironically, if we're not careful about this, what do we gravitate towards? We gravitate towards the problems that are easier to solve, okay? But we need to make sure instead that we gravitate towards the problems that need solving first. Mm. Good? Gotcha. Making sense? Yes, sir. Like you would in the ER. 
Like it's probably way easier to stitch up a small cut on someone's finger than it is to like stop someone's like artery from just bleeding out all over the place. Sorry for this horrible imagery, by the way. It's everyone. terrifying imagery, but like but it's, it's probably effective. easier. Yeah. Like one would be easier and would have a really high likelihood of not failing miserably. Right. right? And, but then one of them is the thing you got to do right now. Yeah, that's that. It is interesting. I mean, you're you're right. It's terrifying imagery, but it does make a lot of sense that like if the medical professionals' like mentality was, I'm gonna go with the thing that I know I can wrap up quickly. I'm not likely to fail, etc. Then they're gonna go past all of the head wounds and find the kid who sliced his finger while he was preparing some fish for dinner or something, right? And like, oh, I'll give you three stitches. Come on back. That would not be an effective way to doctor. And in a similar way, I can imagine myself even like playing my bagpipes and being like, my E is a little bit flat. I'll take a little tape off of it. And just totally ignoring the fact that I am not anywhere close to a steady rhythm, like just something that's way more yes. principally important. I love that, Jim. That makes me very happy. You're, you're, you're getting it. Okay. Uh, by the way, I just sent you. And so now let's, I just want to take this um, and I want to dojify it. Let's dojify it. Heck yeah. <laughs> I want to do, I want to dojify this concept. So uh, and by the way, I'm going to dojo fire, but you don't have to. So you might have a different list of priorities and stuff or a, a different way that you evaluate your performance. And that's totally good. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bring back this uh, world-class bagpiping in a hundred words thing. Oh, yeah. I think we talked about it before mm -hmm. on the podcast, uh, which by the way, just to review, every day, listen to masterful bagpipe music, interact with bagpipers as good or better than you and play at least one tune up full bagpipes. And then here we have most days hone essential fundamentals with this priority. Okay. And then we, then I list 10 things. Okay. And these 10 things happen to be in order, what I consider to be the 10 objective non-negotiable skills that need to go into bagpipe performances that all bagpipers need to get good at. It's what we write about in finding bagpipe freedom. It's how we structure the bagpipe freedom phase process. And, and this is what, this is the process that we would use to teach people how to play, but it's also perfect for this triage concept. Mm. So those 10 things are, okay, rhythmic accuracy is number one. Scale navigation, otherwise known as avoiding crossing noises. Grace note quality. Blowing mechanics and posture. Tuning drones together. Maintaining optimal blowing pressure. Tuning drones to the chanter. Avoiding mental blowing anomalies. Embellishment. And then expression technique, right? Those are the 10 things. Uh, and we won't go into details on them today. I just want people to be aware that those are the those are the ten things on my list. Now, of course, what's not on the list are deep and meaningful, expressive type things like light and shade and strong weak, medium weak, and just like mm, they're giving you that little something extra. But that could extend the list for sure, especially if those first ten things are in wonderful shape. Like you might want to add a little bit of flavoring. But these ten things are what I consider to be the ten really objective ideas that we're going for in any given performance. So now my bagpipe triage can be like super systematized, okay? And we can have a really specific plan for how we're going to evaluate a performance. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to start with are performance killers, okay? So I'm going to listen to a performance and I'm going to say, are there any performance killers here? Okay, now what am I going to listen to first? I'm going to listen to rhythmic accuracy and I'm going to say, is there, are there any rhythmic performance killers here? Yes or no? Cool. If the answer is yes, I've figured out uh, what I need to work on today, right? If the answer is no, I'll move on to scale navigation. 
right? These 10 things are in order of importance. Mm -hmm. So the next thing is scale navigation. So do we have any, do we have any performance killing crossing noises here? Right? Yes or no. If yes, that's exactly what I'm going to work on today. Or if I'm teaching a student, that's exactly what I'm going to work on with this easy. Right. And then by the way, if, if there's no performance, by the way, there might be some crossing noises, but they're not like super urgent bleeding out level crossing yeah, noises. Okay. okay. So I'm going to, so I'm not going to worry about it. Same goes with rhythm. There might be a couple things, but it's not like a killer. Mm. It's not like this patient's going to be dead in two minutes if we don't fix this. Same goes with grace note quality. Same goes with blowing mechanics and posture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We go all the way down the list. Okay. And if there's any performance killers in there, that's what we want to address. Okay. And then if there's not, then we go back to the beginning of the list, not for performance killers, but for, let's say, fairly serious issues. Right. So these aren't things that are absolute deal breakers, but these are things that like, man, we really probably need to fix this mm. in order for this to move forward. So we, we have a layer of slightly less urgency. We go through the process again. Right. And then if there's no fairly serious issues, then we go to like things that would be pretty nice to fix. That would be the next layer of triage. Yeah. It's like, okay, do we have anything in that category? And you just keep working your way up until the things that you're fixing are really fine and perhaps not even detectable to the average audience member. It's just things that mean a lot to you, right? Right, Or things that you're going to do to refine that performance. Th that's up at the, after you've done many previous passes. Yeah. That's right? the multiple passes thing seems important. Like there over time. It's an, it's a, it's an iteration loop. Yeah. Like a spiral moving upward, right? It's the same territory covered every time, but you're exactly. uh, getting better every time. And it, it, it feels like yeah, so, through, there's a shift in focus from save this performance, it's dying, to how do I take this to the next level? But it's the same concept exactly. each time still. Exactly right. And by the way, it's also why they tell you, don't go to the emergency room if you have a cold. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. Same thing, right? It's like, cool. Colds are for urgent care, right? Like that's a place where you go for non-life-threatening issues. Mm. It's so that the ER can be devoted to, I don't know, life-threatening issues or something. I'm just sort of speculating there. So anyway, I have a couple of examples here. How many of them are audio of my performances that you've pulled from YouTube or something? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, no, none of these, to my knowledge, okay. are you. Okay. Uh, these are just real dojo students. Mm. So, and they'll submit regularly on the Discord for feedback. And then, by the way, some of the feedback that my staff gives to students, I'm thinking to myself, that's not right. But then I got to thinking, like, why isn't it right? And then I got to thinking, well... I guess there's a certain order we should prioritize these things. But then I guess it's more to that. And then it's like, ah. And then I was thinking about this idea of triage, and I was like, that's what it is. Mm. It's like, so we have to do multiple passes, and then if the first pass is successful, then we go to the, the next level of, or, or like the next sort of slightly decreased level of urgency, mm. and then we move upward from there. Like, for example, if someone has horrible crossing noises, okay, and then their drones are slightly out of tune, which one do you pick first? Of course, right? crossing noises, yeah. Yeah, but how often do people just pick the drones being out of tune? Because like they're, that's what they're in the mood to talk about. Yeah. Or maybe that's what they're comfortable talking about. Well, and it can be so directly addressed. I mean, tweak that. If, if, oh, okay, well, I guess, see, I'm thinking of like, if I was in a situation where I'm there live with a student, if I'm there with mm -hmm. them, I can be like, oh, look, your drone's a little out of tune. And either I tweak it for them or they right. tell them to tweak it. And there you go, problem solved. Now I'm a successful teacher. But I, I'm <laughs> saying, I'm saying time out, right? Don't do that mm -hmm. 
uh, unless that's the right thing to do next. So here's our performance. This is the iron division, I think, we were working on the week that these performances were taken. And this person is playing a simplified version of the setting, mm. okay? So because he's playing the simplified version of the setting, should we incorporate embellishments into our triage? Just throwing it out there. The answer is no, right? We're, right now, we're, we're purposely not playing embellishments so that we can tackle like the simpler elements. So do, is it, would it be a performance killer for a person to show up in a solo competition and not play any embellishments? Answer, probably yes, but that's not what this is, okay? We're not, this is not solo competition. This is the, the person is working their way through a simplified setting. Okay, you ready? Got it. Cool. Let's just leave it there. So that's a little sample of a performance. And if we do performance triage on this, it will reveal what we want to work on with the student. Or if this was our own performance, it would reveal what we should address in our practice. Mm. Okay. So going on triage, what we're looking for are performance killers first, super urgent issues. All right. Now, starting from the top, Rhythmic accuracy. Do we have any performance killers here? That we there there was a little bit of getting ahead of the metronome here and there. Is that a performance killer? I would say no. So I would say he's pretty close to the metronome, but not perfect. So that's a serious thing we might want to talk about. But actually, in the rhythmic in the rhythmic layer here, okay, we have a drastic misunderstanding of the rhythm happening right now. Mm with these tackums. So he's going D under a dumba under, which is oh. actually the rhythm. Okay. We need D and D under tackum da under. And he's playing very much not that. So that's an actually like, actually the rhythm is incorrect there relative to what we want. Okay. And, and that's something where we would want to address that right away. Mm. Interestingly, let's pretend that rhythm was correct. He's not perfectly accurate to the metronome, but he's not super, like, super bleeding out terribly off clueless about the rhythm, is he? Yeah. Like, it has a nice, it has a decent flow to it. So I would skip ahead and I would go to scale navigation next. And let's just do that just for fun. So if we go to scale navigation, any earth-shatteringly deal-breaker performance killers that in, where that's concerned, like crossing noises, no, everything sounded clean. Grace notes, they sounded good to me. Blowing mechanics and posture sounded good to me. And by the way, I see the video too, and the posture mm -hmm. looks okay. Maybe a couple of things I might tweak there, but nothing urgent, right? What about the drone tuning? You, you go ahead and tell me if I'm just really bad at it, but to me, I was like, Dang, this person's pretty darn, darn rock steady. I thought the drone sounded exactly. great. Yep, drone sounded great. Blowing sounded great. And like, could we nitpick at it to make it better? Of Usually. course. <laughs> but 
but like, but we're not going to do that today, especially because we identified a real performance killer mm. there in, in the fact that he's misunderstanding that rhythm. Now it might be, I just have to quickly mention it to him. And he's like, oh God, you're right. And then he just fixes it. Okay. And then we would like move on. Were the drones tuned to the chanter? Thought it was great. I didn't think there were any drastic mental blowing anomalies. We're not talking about embellishments and really we're not super worried about deep and meaningful expression yet. Cool. So like we do have a performance killer in there that we need to fix, but let's pretend he fixed it. Now we're going to go back through with the next layer of urgency. And then now that we're here, like, okay, these are things we really probably definitely want to fix, but he's not like bleeding out on the table. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, cool. So now what Jim is saying about the fact that he's not really locked to the metronome, now that would be about next, right? Now that we're at the next level of urgency and there might be a couple other things, maybe in the second part, if I'm remembering correctly, we had some mental blowing anomalies in there, like the smaller things, right? And then once those are fixed, we'd go for another pass. Like what are some aesthetic things that we could do to just take it from good to great? Yeah. Okay. And that's the basic process. The patient has been stabilized, you might say, once you mm -hmm. get through that first exactly. pass or maybe second pass of the hierarchy of important things. Mm -hmm. You want to do another example? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I just have to find it here. I did think you brought up a great point that, see, because I didn't realize that those were tacums there. Uh -huh. I thought it yes. sounded great, which, which indicates that like the player is pretty darn locked in. Like as far as like playing what they think the music is accurately, they're playing it pretty darn. It's just pointing out like, ah, that's not actually what it says on the music. And so then they probably would be able to address that pretty quickly. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Although it's, it's a little bit questionable too. just like, okay, what are the odds that, what are the odds that they'll be able to fix it quickly if this thing is really clearly wrong, but everything else is really clearly pretty good? Mm -hmm. It might mean that like, oh, this is like a real bad habit that's actually going to take some, some real hard work to kind of reverse. But regardless of what the case is, we, that's what we need to do first. Yeah. But aren't bad tacums a, a real bad habit that are, that's difficult to reverse? Isn't that like a universal truth for all of us? <laughs> Isn't that sure. just the case for tacums? Yeah. <laughs> but, but understanding the basic rhythms and being able to deliver them, that's an absolute non-negotiable. Yeah. It's, it's whether or not your heart can deliver blood to you, the rest of your body. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like non-negotiable. We have to work on that. Yeah. Well, would it be easier to say like, okay, well, and I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It would be easier to say, okay, Dan, that's pretty good. Now let's try and get that heavy left foot now. Right mm -hmm. now. Could we take that performance and give it a heavier left fit, uh, foot and would it benefit the overall performance? Yes. I'm not saying that's not the case. What I am saying though, is there is a matter that's far more urgent. Okay. And then I think this process can help bring clarity to us. Like, okay, where do we really need to apply leverage today? Yeah. It's not the heavy left foot. Like, sure. That would represent a small improvement, but fixing the tacums in this particular case would represent a huge quantum leap mm. forward. Mm. So that's where we should apply our, our leverage. All right, here's another performance. So remember, we're looking for uh, we're looking for Earth killers first. What are they called? Those like things in Star Wars? Where Star they destroyers. Drop it in, uh, yeah, like planet destroyers. Or oh, that mean the more recent ones. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we're looking for we're looking for planet killers first. 
and our first pass and then and then slightly less urgent from there slightly less urgent from there mm. okay Sorry. Sorry, that was, I pressed the wrong button there. But there you go. There's two parts of the Iron Division there. What do we think? Overall, pretty good, right? Yeah, I was just thinking to myself, if I played it this solid, I would not feel bad about the performance. That was really good. Oh, really good. Okay. And so, but anyway, regardless, okay, so that's a good knee-jerk reaction. Now let's just do our triage. So we're looking for huge deal-breaking things. Rhythmic accuracy, no deal-breaking thing. Like no, no performance killers. Scale navigation, I didn't hear any crossing noises. Grace note quality, I didn't love it. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't awful. There is certainly really far from bad. So I would want to fix that, but not right now. Because mm. right now we're, we're looking for urgent matters. So blowing mechanics and posture, thought it was excellent. I thought that there's a couple things I would tweak, but it was overall good. I'm not going to worry about it right now. We're looking for urgent things. Tuning drones together, no urgent problems there. Maintaining optimal blowing pressure, no major problems there. Even though there are things I would fix, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that quite yet because I'm working through my process. Were the drones tuned to the chanter really well? I thought they were. Could we nitpick it and find small places for improvement? Of course, but we're not doing that right now. We're triaging, right? And then we had mental blowing anomalies, fine. Embellishments. There are definitely things I would like to nitpick and fix, but we're not doing that right mm. now, right? Because that would be a mistake because we're, we're, we have this process for triage and it's going to point us to what we need to work on most urgently. And then like embellishments and basic expression for me, were all perfectly fine mm. for now, for this layer. Cool. Now we're going to loop back around. So we didn't have any performance killers there, obviously. And I think that was pretty obvious in the performance. Yeah. So now we're going to loop back around and we're going to say, what are some things that we would really probably like to fix sooner rather than later to give this player the, the most bang for the buck, let's say, okay? Rhythmic accuracy. I, I'm going to leave it alone. There were a couple spots that weren't perfect, but it might have just been that they needed a couple of beats to settle in. Okay, so next thing, scale navigation. I didn't hear any big issues, but then here we are at the grace note quality. For me, those grace notes are just big, right? Yep. So... And I'm exaggerating just for effect. Mm -hmm. But if we can get those grace notes smaller, right, we'll, we'll be able to get more precision. We'll be able to get more out of the melody. 
right? And we, so we really kind of want to address those grace notes. Yeah. Therefore, right? If I had this student in a lesson or if I was off, if I was judging this person with a score sheet, therefore, that's the first thing I'm going to focus on. That's the most important thing for that player to take away from this performance is grace note quality issues. Cause it's the first thing that ticked my, my, that tipped the Richter scale, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And then once that's addressed, or if we have 10 minutes left in our lesson, after we've worked on that, we would just continue down the list, blowing mechanics and posture. I think it was probably fine. Drones were sounding good, maintaining optimal blowing pressure. That's the next thing I would hit. Mm. I actually felt like this player was a little bit beyond the sweet spot of the read. Mm. And resultingly, we had a couple of distortions that came through. So we might work on just chilling out the blowing pressure by like one or two percent. That might be the next thing I worked on because that's something we want to fix. We don't want to get in the habit of that when just a small fix could happen. And so, and we would move on down the list from there. Gotcha. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of pipers might listen to that performance and say, oh, that sounds square. Meaning like it would be nice to have more big picture expression there. Totally agree. But where does it fall in the urgency, in, in these urgency layers? Yeah. I'm not sure. My, I, would put it, I would put it much later, but I, I want to go back to what I said at the beginning. Even if you don't use the exact objective dojo fundamentals for this, you can use your own set of criteria. So if you feel like that expression should be triaged earlier in the process, I think that's okay. But I think it would be really cool to have a process. Yeah. And contextually too, I mean, by which I mean, like keeping in mind that this is the person playing with a metronome for critique on things like accuracy. Like, I feel like that, that can explain some squareness for sure. Like that's going to mm -hmm. affect the way the person plays for sure. But Yeah. And it's not necessarily square, right? Even if you are playing with a metronome, but it does tend to, yeah. it does tend to have that effect. But then I would just like encourage people to think honestly, to think with intellectual honesty about how urgent, right. how urgent applying more subtle expression is right at this moment. Fixing the grace notes will have way more leverage right now than working on expression. Working on expression is easier. Yeah. That's, the, instructor, yeah. <laughs> the instructor and the student would probably far prefer to work on that. Yeah. Right? But that's not, I would, and, and my argument is that would not be quite the right thing to focus on yet with that performance. To, to precisely that point, Andrew, as I've been thinking through this process that you're describing, and I, I, I feel like I appreciate it for myself as a piper. I feel like I can see how this would be very useful for listening to my own uh, recordings and like, what should I work on next, right? Like it helps me to figure out what I need to be working on most. But it also occurs to me like, this is seems like such a useful analogy and tool for anybody who ever finds themselves in an instructor position, right? Thinking of this as with like this this ER analogy, right? I've been in, yeah. I, I'm very conflict ever ad, averse. I very much would like to avoid ever being in any kind of conflict. Even with my students, I would tend toward the trick them with honey, not with vinegar kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and maybe to the effect, and that can be good, but maybe to an extreme that becomes mm -hmm. a detriment to the student. But not a detriment. Maybe that's not the right word. I mean, like, I cease to be serving them as well as I could be as an instructor, right? And so, like, if I think of this as, like, what a medical professional would do in an ER, right? If you look at a person with a traumatic head wound and say, well, let me set your broken arm right quick, right? It's like, well, yeah, the broken arm matters, but the head wound, you're not 
doing them any favors by not addressing that first. And so it helps me exactly. as an instructor to go like, okay, well, I might make them feel really bad if I say like the basics of keeping time are not here. So maybe I'll focus on their drone tuning because both things need to be addressed, but maybe it'll be less painful to address the other one. One of the things, one of the things that what you were saying reminded me of was the per concussion protocols. Oh, oh, I think you're frozen. Yeah. The concussion protocols in sports mm -hmm. games. Like we don't want to take the kid out of the game and not let them go back in. But if they don't pass their concussion protocol, it's what we must, because that's a super, super urgent problem where they need to not be in the game right now yeah. because they like, like brain injury is very serious. Kind of a big so deal. Like, yeah. Kind of a big deal, right? It reminds me of uh, concussion protocol. And then the other thing I was thinking about was this concept illustrates that you don't need to be a great piper to be an excellent teacher. Mm. If you understand a triage, right? And it also, beginning players don't need world-class instruction to see huge improvement, mm. right? So it's another thing. What we need to be able to do is identify these basic fundamental things and work on them. And a lot of players, even though they're not masters in their own right yet, can spot those things and help beginning players develop them and we don't need to worry about nuance until further on down the road mm. where those master, that's where those master players would be amazing teachers. Yeah. It's like you're in grade two or grade one and your fundamentals are good. It's like now that's when it's like, all right, cool. Like I should find an instructor that's played at the Glenfiddich 10 times because they're going to help me really get that nuance and that, that last level yeah. of improvement in. But, but like, like that, for me, that, that's another big thing. Mm. It's like you can have, you, there, there can be great bagpipe teachers and even great bagpipe judges, even though they're not competitive, they don't have this amazing competitive track record. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Some people, their skill set lies in teaching <laughs> or identifying all, all the aspects of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, mm, I don't think you could be a terrible player. At some point, you, you need to have experience working on your own playing, yeah. evaluating, the, you're, you're evaluating yourself well. I don't think if you can't evaluate your own playing well, or you won't. Mm, you're not willing to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that usually does not make a good teacher. Yeah.